0: The message you are listening to is recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2019 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at conycnd.com. This is the seminar uh, Reintroducing Prayer into Your Life. You went to the wrong seminar. I'm not offended if you get us an email now. It's okay. Uh, but I'm really excited. Uh, my name is Aaron Wilson, and I work at Northern Kentucky University for Campus Outreach. And uh, yeah, shout out. And uh, this is my family, um, this is me, my wife Meg, and Josie. She is right over there, You you've probably have seen already, like, making ruckus this morning. She was in the back terrorizing everybody and preventing everybody from growing in their faith in the back section, so that uh, wasn't that good. But uh, I think she won't attract me too much. Uh, but uh, we love ministry. We love helping college students grow in their faith. Uh, at NKU, we've been there for five years. We love living uh, right next to Cincinnati. And uh, helping college students grow in their faith there. Um, We love helping people figure out uh, where they stand with God. Um, And then uh, for the Christians, like for someone who's figured out, here's where I stand with God. I'm I'm devoting my life to Him. We want to help you live for Him. That's really, really hard to do in college, right? Um, And so that's why our ministry exists. We want to do that together with you. And so that's why we put on this conference. We want to train and equip you to live the Christian life on campus and then for the rest of your life as well. Um, and I remember being a part of this at a, I went to a small college called Georgetown College, it's in the Lexington region, and, uh, and I just remember going to New Year's conferences as a, as a student, and summer projects, and things like that, and man, the things that I learned there, I'm, I'm implementing my everyday walk with God now as a 27 year old father and husband, and, um, and I'm going to use them for the rest of my life, so, man, I, I can't commend you enough just for being here, and, and, uh, you're going to use some of these tools for the rest of your life, so, um, so. My role today is to help you with one component of the Christian life, and that is prayer. Um, Amen. man, prayer is crucial in the Christian life. Um, I use the word crucial because uh, if you don't have it or, is it or it's absent from your life, um, you simply will not have a relationship, a, a great relationship with God, in my opinion. Um, or, just, or just not as a rich and involved relationship with God as you would like. Um, and so that's what this seminar is about. Um, the problem with prayer is it's, it's an often forgotten and neglected spiritual discipline. Even in my own life, I struggle with this. If I were, to, if I, they didn't ask me to do this seminar, I would uh, be right where you're sitting right now because so often I find myself distant from God. And a lot of times it's because I don't come to my loving Father and communicate with Him uh, and, and to develop that relationship with Him uh, daily. And so it's tough. It's, it's, a, it's a need even in my own life. So the goal in this seminar is... Uh, to, to have you see the importance of prayer, that it is crucial to, to a life with God. Um, and then I want you to have confidence in your prayer life as well. Uh, that you would have uh, prayer either introduced for the first time in your Christian life uh, or reintroduced, like me, yet again, a refresher on, uh, on, on, on prayer and why it's important. And that you would ultimately have a richer and fuller, uh, more involved relationship with God. That's the goal of today's seminar. And so, uh, after all our prayer, uh, prayers to God, um, well, prayer is just a communication line to God. Um, that's all that it is. Um, we use cell phones and social media uh, to allow two people to communicate with each other. Think about prayer being our communication line to God. That's how we talk with Him. Uh, he reveals, He speaks to us through His Word and through His Spirit, and we can speak back to Him through prayer. It's that, the idea of a, of a relationship here. Remember Tony talked about even this morning. Uh, that uh, if you were to stop talking with your boyfriend or girlfriend right now, in six months from now, you would definitely be – the relationship would definitely be over. Man, um, it's, it's that idea of communication is so, so important in a relationship, and it needs to happen so, so often uh, that you know, the relationship could really be uh, weakened or, or, um, or even uh, – yeah, it's, just, it's just really, really important, that, that line of communication. So even in my own marriage, you would say I would have a terrible marriage if I never talked with my wife, right? Um, but, man, we, we, we need to talk and communicate often, and it's the same with prayer. Um, so, man, I, I, hope, I hope some of the things that I say today motivate us to pray. Um, so we're going to be answering three questions in this seminar, uh, but before we park, unpack all that, let's pray and just ask God to be with us right now. So back please. Lord, I pray that you would teach us right now. I pray that you would speak to us through your word. I'll, I'll share scripture today. I pray you would speak to us, Lord. I pray that you would um, speak to us in such a way that it changes our life, that it changes our habits, that it uh, gives us a fresh view of how we should communicate with our loving Father, Lord. So would you teach us about yourself and about us today? In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so uh, at the end, some of y'all are just in here Man, I need some pointers on prayer I just, man, it's not really in my life And I just don't really, I don't have those, those simple habits that I've created uh, Hopefully this will be really practical for you at the end But at first, I just want to engage our hearts a little bit And maybe consider and challenge you as to why Maybe you don't pray or don't pray as often as you should uh, Or that you have a totally wrong view of prayer So um, we're going to answer three questions One, why don't we pray uh, Two is why, what should we pray for and then thirdly, is how do you pray? With the practicals. So first, why don't we pray? I think there's some cultural challenges in uh, today's, uh, or just in America, on prayer. One, uh, on the college campus, y'all are busy. I think busyness gets in the way, and, and it could be a reason why you don't pray. Um, y'all are busy and distracted. Uh, you have a lot going on. You're leaders of organizations, right? You lead Bible studies, maybe. Uh, you're participants in other organizations. You got family to keep up with. Sports, maybe for some of you. You got classes, of course, homework, exams. Work, internships, social lives, uh, and so y'all are busy. Yet prayer is silent, right? It's it's kind of weird. It's it's you gotta be still a little bit. It's just it just goes against the busyness of life, right? And so that could be a reason why you why you don't pray. I think to go along with that, the in our culture, the the kind of instant culture, we have quick access to news. We have quick access to food, money, people, information. Um, we hardly have to wait for anything right at any moment of, of any day we, we are pretty much have anything at, at access to us um, and so we make a no practice of waiting right but uh, the Bible has 81 verses that I found uh, now I didn't like flip through my Bible and, and do 81 but I looked at it on the internet and under the theme of waiting uh, there was 81 verses in the Bible uh, on prayer a couple of them are, are Romans 8:25. Uh, it says, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So, right, prayer is kind of something maybe that you can't see all the time or God answering your prayers very quickly, uh, right? That idea of waiting. We wait for it with patience, the Bible calls us to. Lamentations 325, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And again, 81 other verses on this, this common theme of the Bible is to wait on God, right? Um, and I think another reason this especially in America, the idea of dependence. Um, we don't really need anything compared to the rest of the world. Man, um, yeah, we're, we're college educated, right? Most of you can go off, graduate uh, in a couple years and go off and live, make a pretty good living. And if I'm honest, you don't really need God. Like, it's really, really tempting in America to not need God, right? We have money. We have jobs. We have uh, families. We can live kind of a cushy life the rest of our life uh, without really needing God. And the Bible talks all throughout just— about this, the, the, the love of money being the root of all evil, right? It talks about the rich man. Um, and if you live in America, uh, you are rich compared to a lot of the world. And so we just, man, mean, we're tempted to not need God, yet the Bible calls us to dependence on him. And so I think we have to go against these cultural uh, reasons why we may not pray. That's something that's standing in your way of prayer. We have to fight against these things to have a, a richer, more fuller, uh, more full, involved relationship with God. Um, I think when it comes down to it, we do have time. You guys are busy for sure. I'm busy. Uh, we can fill our schedules to the brim. Um, and anybody can get up 30 minutes. Set your alarm 30 minutes um, earlier than you do, right? So uh, I think a lot of these are, are excuses that we have to identify and just not let them be excuses for our prayer lives. Um, so could these be reasons why you, why you don't pray or why prayer is a uh, good habit of prayer absent in your life? Secondly, along with cultural uh, challenges on prayer is... Secondly, just our sinful hearts as to why we don't pray. Uh, we are prideful. Uh, we have to look inward as to why uh, you're wanting a better prayer life. I think uh, some of us have definitely struggle with the idea of control, us thinking that we're in control of our life. Uh, this idea of you know, what prayer says is, 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 is depending on God. It's saying, God, I need you. God, I'm coming to you for these things that are concerning me or whatever, um, these things that I'm asking for. It's saying, God, I need you. Um, and that's, an, that's a spiritual discipline, an act of, of worship almost towards God. Um, but if, you, if prayer is absent of your life, are you saying, God, I don't need you? Right? Are you turning from God and saying, I got this. Um, I'm in control of God. That's not living a dependent Christian life like, like God calls us to. And so um, Psalm 42 says, as a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. The Bible is talking about how we, should, how we should view God as desperate for him, as a deer pants for water. Um, elsewhere in the Psalms it says, uh, like in a dry and desolate land, uh, is the language that it uses. Like, like being in a dry, desolate desert um, is how we should, and coming to God for nourishment water is how we should view God. Now, wouldn't we come to God more if we had this, this idea of I'm desperate for you, God, even though we, live, we can live that cushy life that I was talking about? We have to find ways to do that. Um, Elsewhere, it says in uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. This is one of my favorite verses on prayer. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So, man, that that idea of I have control of of my own life. God, I don't need you. Um, I got this day. I got this exam. I got this situation. um, I got this money. I got this future. Man, don't lean on your own understanding for that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then he'll make straight to pass. Um, so, let me remind you that God is in control. We can trust Him with everything in our lives. So, go to Him and pray. I think along with control comes anxiety. Um, and uh, you know, one of my favorite verses on, on anxiety, which, by the way, is a form of control. Um, I know in my own life, I get anxious about the future. About, Are you going to provide for me, God? Okay, I got to make smart financial decisions right now. That's going to set up my family well. Like I get, I get down this rabbit trail. And I just get anxious and worried. And for me, it's a form of control. It, it's, if I worry about this too much, it almost feels good. Like it almost feels like I have a grip over something at least. And I'm worrying about, about it. And uh, it's, it's that same thing. I think I'm, I'm in control. I'm I think I'm in control. And God is worrying about this. Look what the Bible says about anxiety. Philippians 4, 6-7. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, man, it says don't be anxious about anything, but instead pray. It says by prayer and supplication, that's just like requests to God. God, will you do this or that? So don't be anxious about it, but pray to God. With thanksgiving, and what happens when you do that? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, we can't even understand the peace of God, but somehow that peace of God can, can uh, come into us. We, we have peace of, of the situation that we're anxious about, right? So man, if we take our prayer to God, man, God can give us peace, right? Um, so I know when I trust, um, trust God in prayer, uh, then a lot of times I have peace with that situation. Not always, but a lot of times I do. So, so all right, third reason why we don't pray I think all too often we expect God to answer our prayers the way we would. Um, so again, we expect God to answer our prayers the way we would, and it causes us not to pray because it's not the way we would choose to answer our prayer, right? So we need to have the right view of God answering prayer. God will answer the prayer according to his will, meaning that he has the final say of how our prayers get answered. Look at Luke twenty-two forty-two. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. It says, He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So this is a powerful scripture uh, where Jesus, this is the night before he's crucified. He's about to be tortured, uh, face the wrath of God. He knows it's coming. Um, And then he has a moment of humanity, right? As a Christian, we believe that God was, or Jesus was fully God and fully man. So he felt the same things that we feel. He was tempted the same things that we're tempted with, it says in the Bible, about pain, suffering, all that. And so he's knowing that this is coming, and he, and he prays to his Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Don't let me be crucified. Don't let me get tortured, God. Um, if you're willing. Nevertheless, what's more important is your will to be done. And man, what a benefit to all of us as we call ourselves in Christ as Christians. The Lord's will was not for to answer Jesus' request. It was to ultimately... Bring uh, the world into salvation, right, for those who believe. And so, uh, man, Jesus modeled this, this, this theology of prayer. It's not just I ask and then I'll receive when I want, when I want the way that I want. But ultimately, it's God's will. Some of y'all struggle with this. Uh, you think that if God doesn't answer your prayers the way you want to, it means that he doesn't love you. Uh, or that he isn't worthy to be trusted. But God is the most loving and gracious being that we know. Our lives and everything in it is in the hands of the one who loves you unconditionally. This is good that that the will, the world, the will of our prayers is ultimately in God. Um, It comes down to God who loves us unconditionally. Um, So it's it's the best situation we can be in, right? Uh, Look at Psalm 103. This is how much God loves us, y'all. It's kind of long, but but pay attention. Uh, It says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. So great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. Those who fear him meaning Christians. Um, so any Christian in this room, God's love for you is as high as the heavens are above the earth. We can't measure that by any means. He loves you so much. He, has you, he loves you with steadfast love. Meaning when you screw up, like his love isn't like way down here and he's like wanting to punish you for it or anything. Or when you go to a news conference, man, God really loves me right now. I just feel in tune with God, right? He has a steady, steadfast love. Not wavering like this, like we do with our prayer life, right? He's steadfast for us. Um, he has steadfast love for us. I mean, that is, it is so crucial to, to come to an understanding of that. And it should move us to pray, right? God loves us. Let's come to our loving Father. I think of my relationship with Josie. So uh, Josie, my one-year-old, uh, when she runs up to me and, and shows me the things that she wants, I want every time to give that to her. Because I love her. I have compassion for her. I'm taking in her requests uh, into consideration because I want to give her what she wants. However, I'm, as a loving father, I'm going to answer uh, what she wants, what she's asking for, according to what I think is good for her. So an example of this is so she came up to me the other day at, at uh, our house. I'm going to sit in a chair, and uh, she comes up to me, and she's got a bottle of lotion with a cap screwed on. And she's trying to like get the cap off. Like she has it like in her mouth, trying to get the cap off or whatever. She wants to see what's inside of this, right? And she, you know, gives it to me like, Dad, you know, she doesn't really say like daddy and ask, but she's like, huh? Like, uh, she's just wondering. So uh, she, she, she's like, hey, will you open for this for me? Cause I'm going to dump it in my mouth or my face. Like that's what she wants to do for sure. And as a loving father, I said, Josie, you know, give me it. I'm like, does she have it open yet? And I'm like freaking out, right? Uh, and so I take the bottle from her, and you know, we're not going to do this right now and try to hide it and distract it with something else. But uh, she, well, she throws a fit. She gets a scowl on her face, and she – no, no! Like, she just screams in my face. Uh, she just doesn't, doesn't want me to do that, right? And uh, I took her bottle of lotion from her, right? Uh, and anybody would say that was the most loving decision I could, I could have made for her, right? I don't want to just give it to her because it's not for her good, right? And so um, – And I just think, even when she grows up and becomes more mature and aware, I'll I'll tell her the story. Josie, you know what? One day you brought a bottle of lotion to me, and you wanted me to uh, open it for you. And and you know what you did when I took it from you and and hid it from you? You threw a fit. You just thought it was the best thing for you. Even she would say, Dad, thank you for not uh, giving that to me. That's the most loving thing you could have done for me. Um, And and I think it's the same uh, with us and God. When God doesn't answer a prayer... um, the way we would want it, when we want it, uh, we, we tend to think, uh, we tend to throw a fit and say, you know what, God, I'm not even coming to you anymore. Uh, maybe you get mad, maybe you just get distant from God, right? But in, either way, I feel like our tendency is to react to God in such a way where we uh, don't think his will is, is the most loving will, right? Uh, but it is. So if we have the mindset that God loves his children more than anything, and in, in everything that we pray to him— It'll be answered according to his loving and well-thought-out will for us. Wouldn't we pray more? Uh, don't we come to our father who wants to give us what we want just like I want to give Josie what she wants? I'm considering her like anything that she wants, I want to give it to her because she's got this look on her face, right? Man, I'm a loving father who has compassion for my child, and I want to give it to her. I want her to have joy. And so God is the same way. He wants to. He, he hears uh, requests from, from the saints, the Bible says. Uh, and, he, and, he's, and he's considering them, but he's going to answer them according to his loving will. So an answer, example of this, of what this prayer might look like. Let's follow Jesus' model and say, uh, God, right now this is what I want. But I know that you, I know you, I trust you, and I love you. And if it's not what you want, I still trust you. And how differently would our prayer life be if we, if we prayed like that? Um, God, according to your will, would you answer those things? I still trust you, and I love you, and I want to come to you with things, Lord. Would you answer them according to your will? Alright. Um, so these could be some big reasons why we don't pray. Uh, but let's move on to what we should pray. Uh, what we should pray for. What do we pray? Uh, so some of y'all are like, man, do I just pray for myself? Do I just like get whatever I want? Like, what do I do here? Uh, so, people in the Bible, this is what they prayed for. They pray for themselves personally. They prayed for others. They prayed, um, so personally, for others. They prayed for a change in their circumstances. That's all over the Bible. You can pray for these things too. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray for your wants, your needs. Uh, bring your emotions to God. Uh, they prayed uh, in the Bible. They prayed, do this, do that, and God listened to them every time. That's the promise of the Bible, that God listens to our prayers. In the Psalms and in Revelation, it talks about the prayers of Christians being like incense to God. That God takes them in like, like incense. Um, and so when I pray sometimes, I pray that, that the incense of my prayer would be like a pleasing aroma to God. Like he would take in his child's request. And it just enlivens my prayer life when I think like that. Coming to my loving Father, uh, knowing that it, that, it, that it pleases him, it's like incense to him. So we can come to God in prayer with our burdens, our concerns, our praises, our thankfulness, our requests, our longings, our pleas, or our doubts. There's nothing you cannot bring to God. Uh, and I would, in light of this, um, this God who loves us so much, I want to encourage y'all to pray for big things in your prayer life. Um, man, God, because God is huge and He loves you. Um, man, He created the world. He spoke the world into existence. He exists outside of time and space. It says in the Bible that He, uh, in Psalm 33, He gathers the waters of the earth as a heap. He can just, like, scoop them up. He can hold the waters of the earth and the in the hollow of his hand, he can he can uh, span the universe in the span of his hand. Like between his thumb and fingers, he can he can measure the universe. He's he exists outside of time and space. He is absolutely huge. Um, yeah, look what Matthew ten thirty says about um, his intimacy with us. It says, "But even the heads, the hairs on your head, are numbered by God. Uh, God loves you." Uh, He is so huge The hairs of your head are all numbered I don't know if you have a relationship with somebody That would sit there and count If you plucked out every hair on your head They would sit there and count them But I bet nobody loves you that much Uh, I'm just kidding But uh, God, uh, all the hairs on your head are numbered Um, The first line of the last worship song that we sang today um, It says Before I spoke a word You were singing over me I just think that displays God beautifully Before I spoke a word Think of yourself as a baby Like as an infant before you even spoke a word, God was singing over you. God knows you, and knows you intimately. You're His prized possession, His loving creation, His child. He wants you to come to Him in prayer. Go to Him in prayer. So, man, go to Him with big prayers. Is what I'm trying to uh, uh, try to try to say. Uh, this morning, our staff had a training with Will Witherington, the, the conference director, who's come to us a couple times, and he has. Uh, a big prayer list in the uh, back of his journal, he says, like, uh, I forget what he calls them, he's like, big prayers or something like that. And he says, I I throw out big prayers in the back of my journal um, just where I know that God answered these things that I know that it's from him. It cannot possibly be from a coincidence or anything, I just know that God exists. He says, I've had several of these answered. Um, And so, man, he, he prays big prayers, I want us to as well. So here's what I'm trusting for. Uh, here's the big prayers that I personally am wanting to see God do. I'm praying for my relationship with my dad. Uh, he's a man who's far from Jesus he's narcissistic he's very selfish uh, my parents are divorced and, and my mom was afraid of how he would react back when I was in eighth grade so we up and left him like I went to school on one bus and came back on another didn't tell him uh, he's a he's a he's a broken man and uh, it, it is it is a huge prayer that if he came to Christ, it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that, that God is, is at work, right? And I'm praying for that. Um, I'm praying for Josie not to know a conscious day where she doesn't love Jesus. My am one-year-old. Uh, I'm praying for friends to be healed. One of an autoimmune disease that she just got diagnosed with. One of cancer. I'm praying to God that he would save her uh, and both of them. I'm praying for God to grow me personally. To not be such an impulsive reactor of things. Any, I feel so often I just I just react to things and um, and my sin just comes out greatly and I have to repent of it often and sometimes I don't see change as quickly as I as I would think. I'm praying that God would change me. I'm praying for my campus. I'm praying for hundreds of people for my campus to walk with Jesus. Um, I'm praying that they would stick around Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky and they would change uh, the city by. Uh, by living their, out their Christian faith and sharing the gospel with others, bringing the hope of the world to our city. So I'm praying for our, our area that we live in. I'm praying for the world. Um, unreached people groups. We talked a lot about missions. I, got, I met a guy from Germany yesterday. Sat right next to him and uh, was wondering if I should have... Uh, uh, he was sitting right next to me after the rally, and the discussion question came up. I'm like, frick, I don't know this guy. But I'm going to ask anyway. He's like, hey, man, what do you think of the discussion question? We had a conversation. He's from Germany. His dad's a pastor, He's been here for one year, and he's going back, and he's been growing his faith a ton. His name's Finn, and uh, I was really, really encouraged, like, and just gave me a picture of, of, man, people in Germany need Jesus. He's like, man, there's so many people not walking with Jesus, just like America. There's cultural Christians, except people don't claim to be Christians, and you find out that they're not actually because of the way they live their life, but they're just actually unashamed about saying, I'm not a Christian. And so just, man, as much as we've heard this week about world missions, we'll continue to hear about it, and countries that need Jesus and, and ministry programs that take the gospel to the ends of the earth, um, man, that's what I'm praying for. Would you all pray as well? So, man, what big things can you ask God uh, in the new year? What big things do you want to see uh, that you want to go to your loving Father about, who's going to take them into consideration and answer them according to His will? Pray big to your God. Um, he can answer So are you, what are are some of these things? Are you unclear about your future? That's common on the college campus, man. What are you going to do, God, in my life? Pray to him. Give him, tell him to give you wisdom. Tell him to give you, ask him to give you clarity uh, on some of these things. Do you have a relationship with a parent or a friend that's broken and needs uh, the redemption that Jesus can bring? Are you you addicted and and don't see a way out? Do you have a friend who's addicted? Um, Are you lonely? Are you depressed? Are you unsure what to do with something? And ask God who gives generously. Look at James 1, five. Uh, it says, if any, any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Uh, man, ask God He will give you wisdom with that thing that, that's concerning you or that thing that you want to see happen or that situation where you have no idea what to do. Ask God to give you wisdom. Don't try to read a book about it first. Don't try to ask your friend about it first. Go to God first and, and ask him to give you that situation. Man, so go to your Father in Heaven who says, ask and you shall receive. Ask Him and trust Him wholeheartedly no matter the outcome. Uh, I have a friend. Um, he's like 60 years old. I have 60-year-old friends. Uh, he goes to my church, and uh, I, was, I was at breakfast with him the other day before this conference, and I, was, I knew I was giving a seminar on prayer, and I just asked him, man, what are some things that you pray for, Darrell? And he said, He immediately said, well, I pray – I've been praying for uh, my Aunt Mary and my friend Billy since 1975. Uh, He said, I've been praying for the salvation for over 40 years. Uh, He said, I'm burdened for them to know Jesus. They they live their life without hope or hope in other things that that leave them depressed and lonely and uh, coming to me with the answer or or the questions. I give them the answer of Jesus. I think Jesus can help you in this, and they continue to uh, run away from him. In October, uh, Mary passed away as Aunt Mary, and three weeks prior to that, uh, pretty much on her deathbed, she did repent and, and came to know Jesus. Uh, she she uh, came to know Jesus three weeks before she died. God saved her, and Daryl rejoiced. Um, Billy has not repented yet, his friend Billy. Uh, he hasn't repented, but, but Daryl still trusts God in it. He's been praying for him since 1975, for 44 years. And this idea of trusting God's will is just so apparent in Daryl's life And praying for his friend. I said, Daryl, why do you still trust God if he hasn't answered your prayer for 44 years? And he said said this. He said, I trust his will and not mine. I know what my job is to do. It's to pray. And God's job is to deal deal with my friend Billy the way he would and and wants to and will. I'm not going to stop praying for him because my loving father wants me to not stop praying. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says Pray without ceasing uh, And these things are ultimately in his, his hands And he came up with a, a ton of other things Like he just started for 15 minutes With saying things that he was praying for Currently And it encouraged me so much Like think about this, this Billy and Aunt Mary That he prayed for Which God saved one of them uh, 13,728 times he prayed for Billy That's six days a week for 44 years um, and, and yet Daryl trusts him Darrell trusts God still and keeps praying. 44 years of trusting in God, believing in God, continuing with God, committing to God, um, struggling with this, fighting with God, and sometimes wrestling. Why won't you do this, God? Would you do it, Lord? Uh, And committing to it, no matter the outcome. Sounds like a good relationship to me, doesn't it? Uh, That's the idea, is we want y'all to have a good and thriving relationship with God. And that's what it is. It's 44 years of continuing in Struggling with communicating, uh, being honest with him. Uh, that's what a marriage is, right? That's what we want to have in marriage. A good marriage are all those things, and so it is with God as well. So, would you do that? I know I was encouraged and spurred on when uh, knowing that my brother Daryl is praying for, uh, for so many things for so long. So, what will you pray for 40 years from now? You said, I started praying for this person or this thing to happen in my life in 2019, uh, and 40 years from now. Uh man, what type of faith would that show? If you if you said, if you said, I've been praying for this thing for 40 years, uh, what type of trust is that display in God that you have? And, uh what will that do for your children? How will they be encouraged by that? Man, my parents are faithful uh to God and ultimately his will. Alright, so that's what we should pray for. And we're gonna move on to how do we pray? This is more practical. I got a couple things to say before the practicals come out. But one, how do we pray? We pray often often. Uh, not just when we are in need uh, often, but not when we're in, just when we're in need. This shows our dependence on God, but prayer typically and sadly comes only when we are most in need. So it's great to pray when you're in need. I know the, the richest times of prayer in my life have been when I'm in need, but the Bible calls us to pray without ceasing, right? Constantly. And so, um, man, but sadly it's, it, it comes when we're most in, and only when we're in need. So this – an example comes from 9-11. So when 9-11 happened in 2001, there was a 25% increase across churches – or across America with church involvement. 25% increase like the the few Sundays after church because – or after 9-11 because our country was in need. People didn't know what to do. People didn't have the answer. People wanted to run to something. But right when that need kind of mellowed back out, church numbers went right back to where they are. The 25% went down. And so, um, man, I, I don't want that to be a habit in your life. Do you only come to God when you're in need? Don't. Pray often. So most of a Christian's life is, is – uh Christian's prayer life is living independently apart from God and then when you're in need, you go to him. Uh, when we pray often, it shows our dependence on God. It brings into, into correct how the universe was made, right? That God is sovereign and in control and that we're not. Uh, and that we're believing in this so much that we would live like it by praying often. That would be my challenge to you. Is to pray often. Live like you actually believe that God is sovereign and control of This makes life about him and not about us, right? Um, so pray. Uh, and, and aren't we dependent on him anyways? Like, that's just the truth. Like, Ephesians 2 says that we're bankrupt without him. Uh, we're dead in our trespasses and sins of which we once walked, but God made us alive together with Christ. And so we must continue to come before God often and remind ourselves of that truth, that God really has saved us, that we really are bankrupt without him, and that he really does love us and and wants us to come to him with our requests. Again, this idea of Psalm 42 of as a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you. We have to make that a regular part of our life uh, in a world, in, in in a country where we just don't really need God that much right we have to still have that mindset that's the bible's call to us as a deer pants for water so my soul thirsts for you make it a regular habit to go to God in prayer alright and then lastly uh how do we pray we pray in the name of Jesus um so because of Jesus we have access to talk with God John fourteen six. some of y'all may know this uh, it says uh, Jesus is speaking he says uh, I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me um so again, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So picture God like, like I live in northern Kentucky, and there's like a river between Kentucky and Ohio. And pretend that God is, is in Ohio, right, and I'm in northern Kentucky. The only way to get to Ohio is across the bridge, right? Jesus is the bridge. The only way we get to the Father, there's no way to the Father except through who? It's through Jesus. It's through the bridge. I have to cross the bridge in order to get to God. And so it is with prayer. We cannot come to God in prayer if we're not in Christ. We have to have a relationship with Christ, and so we pray the name of Jesus to get to God, to have access to talk with God. All right, so here are some practical things. Hopefully, this is really helpful. There uh, are some practical things that help me personally in my prayer life, and I want you all to choose one of these things as a challenge for the new year. Choose one of these things and commit to it. Um, you're going to hear some things where you're like, "Man, I know that I'm not doing that." Like, I like. I know that I struggle with some of these, but when I'm in a healthy season of prayer, this is what my life looks like. I want you to choose one and commit to it. I'm giving you a lot. I don't want it to overwhelm you, uh, but let someone in. Let a campus staff know or a trusted Christian friend, hey, in my, I want my prayer life to improve this new <coughs> year. I'm committing to one of these things. Would you ask me about it once a week, or would you do it with me? Um, so something practical, if you say, man, I really need to do this, bring someone in on that to hold you accountable to it. Alright, ready? Uh, first and the most important one is praying as a part of your normal routine. comes with that idea of, of praying often. So praying as a part of your normal routine. I asked uh, Daryl, going back to Daryl again the breakfast. Uh, I said, man, what keeps you going? 45 years of, of praying uh, for things. What keeps you going? He said, oh, that's easy. It's on the schedule. And I was like, dang, that sounds like not emotional or intense. Like I thought, like you're a man of faith. You're one of my heroes in the faith. He said, yeah, that's easy. It's on the schedule. And I was like, okay, well, and, but it's so true. He's like, man, I know that no matter how I feel, I, he has like an hour commute to work every day. And for the first 30 minutes, he prays. And he said, I don't care how I feel. There's some days where I'm tired. There's some days where I don't feel like it. But I'm committed to prayer. And so I just do it. Like, it's just, it doesn't matter. So it's a lot of, like you all going to class or work. A lot of y'all don't feel like going to class. Some of y'all skip class for sure. I know I did. But for the most part, you're like, no, I'm going to class because I have to. It's just on the schedule. It doesn't matter how I feel. I'm going to trace my way in there and fall asleep in class. Uh, but you commit to it like you do a class. You just put it on the schedule and follow through with it. Um, so this – and having a time and a place is key for this. So I know my time and place is in the morning, right after I shower, uh, at my dining room table. Like that's when my quiet time is with God, which I basically get in the Word. I'm reading uh, through a passage of Scripture, and I'm praying. Uh, And so having a time and a place is key for this. This comes from Romans 12.12. These are up on the screen, I think. It says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Uh, It's a command from God. Simply, it's a command from God to pray. So make it a part of your normal routine. doesn't matter. Simply follow it as a discipline. doesn't matter if you feel like it. It doesn't matter if you want to sleep in. Man, commit to it, right? Just like you would a class. Um, Alright, secondly, praying out loud. Second practical thing. Try praying out loud. This is something that I want to make a regular practice of in my life. Uh, this doesn't mean that God doesn't hear your prayers in silence. He does. He, right? The Holy Spirit exists inside of all Christians. He hears your prayers in silence. He knows your every thought and deed, the Bible says. And so, uh, Or you can write prayers out. That's helpful for some people. And this is with like a, the idea of staying on track with your, with your prayers. So I pray out loud. Because I'm speaking it and I'm hearing it as well. It just like internalizes a little bit better, right? It keeps me focused on what I want to pray for. Um, uh, Make a prayer list for the semester. This upcoming semester, uh, make a prayer list. What are some things that you want to see God do? And in your daily time of prayer with God, if that's what you're committing to, you pull out that prayer list so that you don't show up and you're just like, hey, all right, what am I feeling today? Kind of tired. All right, I don't want to, I don't know what to pray for. No, you have things that you've already written out that you're going to commit to praying for. This really, really helps me. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I, have, in my quiet time, I'm praying for things. Monday, I'm praying for my week, praying for the people that I want to meet with that week. I'm praying for Josie and for Meg every day. I'm praying for my church on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays. What's Wednesday? I forget Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, I'm praying for like our future, our finances. Friday, I'm praying for the people that I've met that week. Oh, Wednesday is just designated for people. Like, here's people, someone in my church will say, will you pray for this person? Yes, I will pray for that person. It's going on Wednesdays. list. prayerless. Uh, because how often does someone say, hey, will you pray for me? Will you pray for this person? And it just goes in one ear, out the other. Because you're not going to remember, and I'm not going to remember. But I'll write, make a note on my phone and say, pray for this person. Pull the phone out in my next quiet time and write them down on Wednesday. And then I'm praying for them every week. So I change the prayer list every semester. I kind of revisit it make a new list. What are new needs? What have I seen God work? It's kind of cool, too. You can look back and see how God's worked. Uh, Man, I really have overcome that sin. That's been way better. Uh, Or this person, man, they were, you know, whatever. God answered that prayer. So it's cool to see that through the prayer list. All right, spend spent too much time on that. Make a prayer list. Uh, Pray on the way to things and on the way back from things. Uh, Man, turn off the radio. Turn off your music when you're walking to class and pray. Like, what are some gaps in your day where you kind of feel – you're so stimulated all the time. We already talked about this. You're so busy. You're so stimulated. You always got something to do, as do I. Man, what are some times in your day where you can take uh, as a part of your normal routine and pray? So, like, on my way to campus, I pray, and on my way back from campus in the car, I pray. That's a quiet – that's a – I'm by myself, and I don't want to fill my mind with more stimulation. I'm making a habit to pray for that. Um, And this comes with a – Kind of, so somebody shared this on my Facebook like, feed. I saw it maybe a couple of years ago. Normally, I mean, i got a bunch of uh, people, old family and, and my wife's family and stuff, who just share like cheesy Christian stuff on, online, and it happens all too often. Normally I'm like, next? Like, I don't, you know, I'm not I'm liking it or anything. This one I was, I was uh, uh, kind of blown away by. It, it said, it said uh, uh, start your day with a dear God and end it with an amen. And I was like, that's kind of cheesy. But then I was like, hey, that's kind of nice after I thought about it for a while, So it's this idea, this, this praying to and from things. is like when I get up, am I thinking of my whole life as God really does exist inside of me and I'm living, I'm called to glorify him and enjoy him throughout my day and every day. Man, start your day with a dear God and end it with an amen. Like that's, it's praying throughout your day. It's getting in the word in the morning. It's, it's helping me not react and get mad when I'm on the basketball court at, on campus and some dude like shoves me or something, like it, it helps me to, to think that uh, I'm, I am with God all day, right? So that, that helps me as well. Uh, I recommend praying in the morning and not at night. Not a lot of y'all can uh, do this. Um, some of y'all are most sharp at night. I don't know how, but uh, I know that for me, and this really could hit home with some of y'all. I know some guys that I talk to, like, man, I haven't really gotten the word. I haven't really prayed. And I'm like, well, when are you doing it? Well, after I... You know, I just kind of – I kind of do it when I – after class and then when I'm done with intramurals and come home and after my homework. And I'm like, well, are you tired when you go to pray and try to be focused with God? Yeah. Uh, All right, dude. We'll do it in the morning. Wake up. Like you just rested for eight hours or whatever. You're going to be most sharp in the morning. Get yourself up. Have a cup of coffee. And I promise if you make a habit of that, you'll be more focused. Uh, With God. So I recommend in the morning. Uh, So often we're like, well, I'll try to fit it in my day when I feel like it. Again, no, put it on the schedule and treat it like a class. Um, Treat it like a class in that it's just on the schedule and I'm committing to it, right? That's my time with God. Uh, So I recommend in the morning. Prayer triggers. Uh, Prayer triggers are things that when you see them or do them, they trigger you to pray. Um, there's some psychology behind this. I have a psychology degree, but I, I can't remember anything. There's a term for it. But when you see – so, like, for me, this has kind of always been like that. Even when I wasn't a Christian and I was, like, 10 years old, when I saw an ambulance or a fire truck or a car accident, I would just pray. Like, what I got going on is a lot less important than what they got going on. I got to lift them up in prayer and think about them for a little bit, right? Um, uh, so what really helps me is when I, my feet hit the floor in the morning. That's a trigger that I've practiced, that I'm just going to pray when my feet hit the floor in the morning, and that starts your day, thinking about the things of God um, and starting your day off, right, thinking of God um, and praying to him. So what are some triggers in your life? Is it when you open your car door like, and you're just like, all right, I'm getting in my car, and then I'm going to start praying? Um, What are some things that can trigger you to pray? All right, so I hope some of those things are helpful. We're going to move on to that tool that I gave you. That bookmark that I gave you is a prayer tool that I use every time I pray. Um, this helps you. We're going to practice this here in a little bit. So I'm going to go through the the, uh, the things real quick, and hopefully we'll be out of here really soon. But it's called the Axe Tool, the Acts Prayer. So this will frame uh, frame a prayer, not just so it's like for those who are just like ask like, God, will you, will you bless me? God, will you give me? Will you do this for me? Like... And it's kind of shallow and kind of non-existent. Like, that's how I've been before for sure. Um, this helps frame uh, a kind of a holistic prayer, right? So let's go through the A, C, T, and S um, real quick. First, you come to God and you you give him – it's called adoration. This is God uh, – this is the giving praise to God. Can I see one of those? Um so praise God for who he is. So you start your prayer. God, you are holy. God, you're mighty. God, you're good. You're strong, Lord. You, you're slow to anger. You're abounding in steadfast love. Read Psalm 103 and, uh, and say things back to God. You're adoring him. You're praising him. Uh, it should start with a God you are blank. And this man just gets your, your mind on who God is, right? It keeps you from being at the center of your prayers. It keeps you from just doing the supplication, which is, God, will you give me this and give me this and don't do this and and do this for this person. Like It's adoring who God is and putting you on the right hands Him. Second is confession. So after adoration, you move to who you are. I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I've sinned since the last time I've prayed. Try to identify those things and confess them to God. Uh, 1 John 1, 9 oh, it, on. it says, uh, If we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and willing to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That daily reminder of Man, my sin has been cleansed by Jesus. Lord, here are the sins that, I've, that, that I want to bring before you. Just confess them to you, admit them to you. And I want to repent of them and pray and trust you that you'll move me forward in the, in the Christian life so that I can overcome, overcome these sins. And maybe years from now, I won't even do these anymore. You'll have new sins for sure that'll come up. You repent of those as well. That's the Christian life. So confess, get your mind right of who God is. Uh, get your mind right of who you are. Then thanksgiving. Um, thank God for what he has done, it says. Um, so just making a habit of thanking God I've heard this once that someone said the the opposite of complaining is gratitude. Um, so just man, I'm so tempted, and I know you are, to just complain about your situation, or complain about this, or gossip about this person, or see the you know glass half full in, in anything in life. But making a habit and a commitment of being thankful is man, it'll change your life. I swear, it's changed life. So lastly, is supplication. This is the idea of of bringing things to God. God, here's what I want to see you. God, I am a child. You hear my requests. They radiate the floor of uh, the floors of heaven like incense. Would they be a pleasing aroma to you, God? And Would you answer them according to your will? You can ask God anything you want. Be honest with God on all these things. Amen. You do that in the car all the way to campus, or you do that in the mornings or at night uh, with God, and you'll see your prayer. If you commit to this, you don't have to have this like bookmark. If you do this for like a couple months, you'll just know every time I pray, I'm going to Speak to who God is first. Then I'm going to confess. Then I'm going to be thankful for what God's given me. Then I'm going to request to God and trust him. Um, And, man, it's changed. This this tool right here has changed my life. So I wanted to give that to you uh, to be able to take that and keep it in your Bible is what I do. And when I open up to whatever I'm reading or whatever for the day, I'll I'll, I'll go through that frame and have a prayer time with God. So uh, for three minutes, I know you guys are going to want to go to the Relationship Seminar. Uh, You guys will have time to get there. But for three minutes, I want you to practice this tool. I want you to go in prayer right now. And maybe for the first time, just adoring God for who He is, confessing to God, do this silently, uh, and uh, do your thanksgiving and do supplication. For three minutes, then I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll be dismissed. So thank you all. Go to God in prayer right now. All right, I'm going to finish in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much you are. God, you are um, strong, and mighty, creator of this world. Uh, Lord, you know the, the count of every hair on our head. Lord, you are uh, you love us so much. You demonstrated that by sending Jesus to die for us. Um, thank you for that, Lord. So often, God, I confess that uh, I don't believe in this truth so much that I would live like it. God, so often I'm distant from you and want to go my own way. Lord, I confess that and pray you would forgive me. As it says in 1 John 1, 1.9. Uh, Lord, that you do forgive me, Lord. God, thank you for your blessing. God, thank you for this conference and these students who are who are obviously wanting to improve their relationship with you, to be have a deeper and more intimate relationship with you, God. And I pray, uh, Lord, that you would meet them where they're at and that you would show up in their lives and you would increase their faith, Lord. And I pray that you would even give them the faith to be obedient to you, God, uh, in prayer. Uh, Lord, and I pray... That you would save people who don't know Jesus. Lord, I pray for you to, um, God, just for, the, for uh, the burdens that are in this room, Lord, in uh, families and uh, on campuses, Lord, uh, uh, financially, of, of familial uh, burdens. God, I pray that you would redeem relationships and families and you would help uh, and provide uh, students where they need, God. So, We do love you and pray for the rest of this conference that you will teach us and mold us into more of who you are. pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at conycindy.com.